As I listen to everybody pray, I realize that my sermon has already been preached. Have you ever been in that position? Yeah. So you're sitting there going, what now? The sermon text is Colossians 1.27. I believe I'm in a fellowship, a group of people that God has chosen. Okay. So therefore, since we start from the position that we're here because God has called us here, we're here because we have hearts to listen, we have minds to receive and understand, and we have arms and legs and a body willing to serve. Now, this verse, as you look at this verse, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's us, the glorious riches of this mystery which is in Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, so what's God's attitude towards us? Does God want us to have a second place life or the very best? So his thoughts towards us are what? Good. How many thoughts does God have towards us every day? More than the sands of the... Multitude. Multitude. More than the sands of the sea. Okay, so therefore, when you are called, God just opens up. When you say, you know what, I am your son, I am your daughter. Man, all the thought process of heaven is opened up to you. You are not limited in any way, shape, or form. So what I'm going to talk about today is a challenging thoughts about how to break out of this world's shackle. And be able to walk and talk as a man and woman of Christ. Now, Isaiah 55, verse 8, and I know everybody knows this verse because uh, we've, we've quoted it a lot. It's, this is where God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways. But I tell you what, if God has the thought of from heaven to give you the mind of Christ, question is, can you not have God's thoughts? Can you not understand God's ways? See, now the light goes on whenever somebody says, you know what, I can be, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You see, God does not want to keep any aspect of his life hidden. See, when he came down to earth in Genesis and he said, let there be light, because he wanted everybody to have light. Everybody. Nothing, nothing was held back. Now, let's talk about <clears throat> this just a little bit here, is that when God speaks to you, it's because <clears throat> you have the ability to receive it. Yeah. Or another way of saying it, saying it backwards God never talks to someone who doesn't hear him. My sheep hear my voice and they follow. Okay, so so therefore <clears throat> so if so therefore if you want to know more about the word of God, what do you start doing? Training to listen. You know, my my, my ears are open to what he has to say. Yeah. Now, in Mark chapter 5, remember the story of the demon-possessed man. Okay, we're not going to we're not going to talk about, you know, all the particulars and the hogs and the on and on, on the other thing, but we're we're going to talk uh verses uh 
19 and 20 if you go there. Now, in verse 19, the demon-possessed man, when Jesus and the disciples were leaving, wanted to get in the boat with them and go with them. Yeah. But remember what remember what Jesus said to him. Yeah. Jesus said, go home to your people and tell them how much. Now, these are the two thoughts here. How much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Two thoughts there. You catch those two things? So in other words, you've got to to realize every time God is talking to you, every time God is in an event in your life, you've got to recognize what God is doing for you. So in other words, God is not doing something so Sid Davis can get credit. God is doing something in my life so that he can receive the glory. And then the second thing is, second thing is, how familiar are you with with the mercy of God? Okay, that's huge. Now... So those those are the two thoughts. So <clears throat> Jesus told the man, he said, uh, go. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Now, remember what job description that guy had before Jesus got there? It was not complimentary. Okay, but he was so filled with the issues of life that there was nothing in that world that could heal him. There was nothing that could restrain him. But when all of a sudden he could understand what the Lord had done for him and how much mercy he received, he became the first disciple Jesus sent out. I thought that was pretty huge. See, that was even before Jesus sent out his own disciples. You know, on their on their sojourns. Yeah. So so all it takes now, God is looking for somebody. He may not be calling you to be a missionary, be a preacher, whatever the case may be, but he's calling you to be a representation of what he has done and the mercy that he has shown. Okay. Now now let's go let's take this a little bit further here. John fourteen ten. Don't you believe that I and the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Okay? Now, if God is talking to you and you are obeying, who is doing the actual work? Who is? The Lord. Okay. See, see, there's no longer I who live. Okay, so in other words, God is looking to talk to dead men who he can speak the words of life into. Now, so therefore, when we make reference now to get up and go do the work, a lot of the church will cut you off at the knees and tell you, well, you're just talking like you're a a man and you're doing it under your own power. No, that's not what we're saying. So... The sooner you can move into the realm, it is no longer I who live, but Christ in me is the sooner or soonest, the quickest, then you can start experiencing this power in this life. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
You see, it gets to me, it, it gets simpler all, all the time. So <clears throat> the question then becomes um, in Matthew thirteen fifty four. Coming into his hometown, Jesus began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and the miraculous powers, they asked? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary and Arna's brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Okay? See, the world cannot understand, so therefore, when you say, okay, it is no longer I, as, I, as he fills you more, guess what your new name becomes? Amazing. You know, God now has labeled you in a way that no one else couldn't even see you. Okay, now what are what are the amazing things in your life? You know, sit down there and, and maybe you need to pray about that. Maybe you need to say, okay, Lord, I know what I've done in my life, but what are the amazing things I've done? See, if, it, if it's Christ in you, and it is, okay, uh, now, one of the other thing I wrote down several examples, but this group doesn't need a whole lot of in-depth, detailed teaching. Um, because I tell you what, we this group here knows the Lord. First um, <clears throat> Corinthians two ten. These are the things that God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Even the deep things, you know what? What is your, what can be your new name? Air. You want to be Mister Know It All. You want to be Mister. You can't fool me. You want to be Mister or Miss. Uh, you know when somebody's trying to hoodwink you, cheat you. You know you 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 can see it. I thought that was pretty cool. Luke four thirteen is when the devil had finished his tempting. Now this is when Jesus did his forty days, so forth. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Okay, see when when you actually honestly become only Christ in you, the devil has to flee. Can anybody think of a verse that starts with "Submit yourself to the"? Submit yourself to the Lord and He'll flee from you. See how that works? Anybody want to be free from the dark side of life? Absolutely. Absolutely. So therefore, what you're going to say about your life is going to come out of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Now, I pulled an example that was preached quite a few years ago. And that was the prayer of Jabez. I know we've all heard the prayer of Jabez. Okay? That's in 1 Chronicles 4.10. And Jabez cried to the Lord of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Okay? Now, be honest with yourself. What do you pray about? Are you praying to become less? See, Jabez did not pray, Oh Lord, let my current situation be okay. But he's praying, 
Lord, I want you to fill me more than you have ever filled me before. He recognizes that he cannot provide his own safety, security, health. Lord, I've got to have you. See, now, that's where I think might apply to this group is now, let's take our prayer life up to a higher standard, to a higher place. Call in to God for for what his thoughts are for you. Um, <clears throat> okay, now, you are meant, and some of this may be repetition, but it's I liked it. You are meant to walk, talk, and implement God's will on earth as it is in heaven. That's why you're here. Your job is to be a walker and a talker and a doer. Now, can you write your own job description for what God is having you do in life? I'm a mother. I'm a business owner. I'm a, I'm a fill-in-the-blank. Okay, but then what are all your duties he has you doing? Okay, so therefore, God is having you live that life in such detail. And that detail is this. It doesn't matter where you start, but the detail is where you're going. See, we all say, oh, I want to go to heaven, but man, there's a long trail between here and there. And those, those are the issues of life. <laughs> now, in John chapter 2, and Brother Given mentioned this Wednesday night about when uh, Jesus turned water into wine. Um, in fact, he preached a lot of my sermon Wednesday night. Thanks. The, uh, but uh, when Jesus uh, said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim, and then he, Jesus, told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. Okay, we all know the water turned into wine. But I want you to catch some some of the some of the uh, uh, definitions of the word. The definition of the word to the brim means ano, a n o. If I said it right, which means to the highest and to heavenward. Okay, so therefore, whenever you are following, let's say, if you allow me to use it. God's job description for you, you are actually reaching up into the highest realms possible. See, if you take on the thoughts of the world, you're not breaking into the heavenly realms. You you will spend your life as water. Or you can spend your life as wine. Okay? Now, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, now now remember, God does not con, uh, consider excuses. God, When God has given you direction, vision, <laughs> uh, tools, everything, He does not accept excuses. Now, a good guy to give us a good job description on that would be King Saul. Okay, now, he, he, he was given the kingdom. He was given everything he needed to destroy any any enemy that came against him over and over until he started making excuses. And then what did God do? Pulled it all away. My question is, has God pulled something away from you? 
Maybe you need to stop some thought process. Maybe you need to stop some words coming out of your mouth. Maybe you need to search your heart and say, Lord, I repent. I'm wrong. Lord, I can't receive if I'm full of bitterness and hate. I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. Okay. Um, Now, uh, when you obey God to the fullest, you're reaching it at heavenlies, and you can expect heavenly results. Okay. That's right. That's right. God's Word never fails. Okay. But we get, but I'm going to take us into a, a thing here to where, We've got to understand what's going on in the, in the spirit realm while we're looking in the physical realm, okay? Okay, I'm going to build this foundation now. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. See, I would, love, I would love that every one of us just have the easiest, smoothest life possible. But that's not the way it is. Okay, and we, and we all know that. Therefore, do not lose heart... Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, because what is seen is temporary and eternal. Okay, so as what we're going through... You can either view this as momentary or lifelong. If it's the way Grandma was, and this is the way you are, and and she lived with all her life, then I guess you're keeping it. But if you just realize, boom, there's something that's got to change, then it becomes momentary. Light. See, the world, world, and I'm going to get in here to an uh, illustration of... uh, the, the uh, rich man and Lazarus, they both die. You know, how would the world look at the life of Lazarus who wound up in heaven? Mm-hmm. And how would the world look at the life of the rich man yeah. who died? Mm-hmm. See, to Lazarus, it was a light and momentary affliction. Amen. Mm-hmm. But to the rich man... The light, the shortest period of his eternity was when he was alive. And now it's nothing but torment. We're going we're gonna to explore that just a little bit more. Okay. Okay. So, so bottom line is we can turn hard times into long times, or we can turn brief moments into good stories. Yes, See, this happened to me. I mean, I've stood up here and told you I was stupid one day, tried to jump on my four-wheeler, had it in gear, get it out of the mud, and blah, 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 and <clears throat> how I jumped on it and missed, and my leg got crammed in the rear wheel, and it was dragging me around the pasture, and I told you the my testimony about how the Lord started calling Scripture verses to my memory, and I started repeating those Scripture verses, and my hip comes out of socket, and I mean, I'm just in horrible pain, and I just kept saying the Scripture verses over and over <coughs> until finally the four-wheeler ran into a fence. And, uh, and so um, now the four-wheeler tires are turning, and I'm holding my leg up out of socket, and I'm oh, screaming pain. And uh, 
the Lord says, reach up and grab the spark plug. And I said, Lord, that'll hurt. And, you know, if you ever grabbed a spark plug, you know, and I mean, I can't imagine being in any more pain than what I was in. The Lord told me to just reach up and grab the spark plug. So, so, uh, so I did, and it killed the engine. Tires quit spinning. And then he put my hip back in place. And then when the tires quit spinning, the whole nine yards, I kind of rolled. He put my hip back in place, bought it a bang. I mean, I was beat up really good. But I tell you, that was but for a brief moment. Because the voice of the Lord is what got me through. Can you imagine what it had been like not to call upon the name of the Lord? Can you imagine what it had been like? See, I didn't have a cell phone, didn't have nothing. Being out there all night on a cold winter night. Imagine dying like that. Bad news. Now, the world always sees two stories. The story I just told you is a story of deliverance. The story I can tell you is that the Word of God is true. Man, He saved me. He'll save you. Now, look at Hebrews 11, 32-39. These are basically the two basic stories of life. <clears throat> what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in the battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life. Can you imagine that? Here's your dead son, bought it a bing. He's, he's brought back to life. Now see, these, these are the really cool things that we like to hear about Scripture, the words of God. But now we go on. Yeah. But now we go on. There are others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the deserts and mountains, living in caves and in the holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. So you, when you look at someone's life, when you look at your life, when you look at what you are going through, you may not be on the winning championship team. You may be the one that is going through hell. You may be the one that is abused. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is, if you keep the faith, yes. it is but for a short That's time. Right. That's right. It is for a minimum right. pain. Mm -hmm. You see, the issue is, I don't know why, mm -hmm. but I know how. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my how is I'm going to keep my eyes on the light as he is in the light. Yes. Now, <clears throat> um, the rich man and Lazarus story. Is we, we all know the uh, the story um, at at the gate laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angel carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was in torment. Now I want you to start looking at the emotions in this story not the feelings but I want you to recognize the same thing when you are tormented and going through on earth and the feelings these are still alive after death okay <laughs> okay um, he said uh, so he called to him Father Abraham have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony and fury. Okay. Is the rich man, where is the rich man's body buried in the ground? Okay. Where's his spirit? In hell. Okay. See, the same things you have to deal with now are either going to be there eternally being tormented or they're going to be eternally in the presence of God. Amen. Okay, now, hungry, thirsty, pain, loneliness, personality issues. You might say the rich man had a little personality disorder where he was ordering around, hey, get Lazarus over here. Get me something. You know, and, and so, therefore, um, <clears throat> So then the rich man says, all right, all right, it's not my life's not going to change. But I tell you what, send Lazarus back and have him talk to my brothers. Okay, then then Abraham said, um, even if someone from the dead goes back to them, they will not repent. Okay, so therefore, if if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Now, I'm going to take us into a thought. I just want you to basically think about it just a little bit. But see, if an absolute miracle will not change somebody's life, if my testimony will not change somebody's life, if what God has not done for me will not change their life, then what does? Okay, that, that's, that's where we're going now. Um, now, uh, and I'll, I'll base that on, the, on this concept, that uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them. Okay, so therefore... What is going to start changing people's minds is we have to be considered the foolishness of God. See, if, if we're willing to stand up and be different 
and when the world is going and walking and talking and thinking and acting the way they do, and we don't, we have to be willing to be considered foolish. How does that set with you? Are you willing to be thought of as weird, different, yeah. set apart, mm-hmm. not worthy? Yeah. Okay. Now, if that's the case, then Galatians 2.20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. Amen. Okay, now, that does not mean I am determined to be crucified with Christ. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. It does not mean I'm going to make a strong effort to do better at being crucified right. with Christ. What this means is I am in the image of the death of Christ. Okay, see, I am determined. See, the world will not make that choice on its own because it's blind and cannot see. Now, Proverbs 3.56 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit yourself Submit to him and he will make your path straight. Okay, there is not many times that God gives you the clear path from start to finish. Sometimes he might say, show up at Word of Truth on Sunday morning. And so you say, okay, Lord, but then you'll hear something, you'll receive something that'll go, oh. See, it's the same way in your life. See, just follow the one thing that don't seem to make sense at the time. Okay, I will identify with Christ. A committed life touches you on the inside because the Word of God is given through the Holy Spirit. So in other words, if you are not receiving your life from the inside out, then you're receiving the world from the outside in. Okay, now, remember the two guys after Jesus' crucifixion, Sunday morning comes, if you will, and they're walking back to, what, Emmaus? And uh, they're talking amongst themselves, and uh, uh, Jesus walks up behind them. And so they start talking about, about the whole story, and they gets evening time, and the guy, the two guys invite what they think is the third man. Hey, come on, let's, let's have dinner. So they sit down, they bread, and they give, they say, Jesus, you want to pray? And so he breaks bread, and he disappears. Now, remember, remember their words after that? Yeah. Didn't our hearts burn? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, see, this is one of the emotions I want to tie to you. There's a burning inside you. How do you keep, if, if you just said a, a, a burn is, is like a fire. Remember what a fire has to have to burn? It has to have air, has to have fuel, and it has to have heat. You can keep any fire going if it's got those three things. You can put every fire out you take away one. See, it didn't does your heart burn? Yeah. And then what does your heart burn about? 
Maybe that's something you need to say, Lord. Set me ablaze. Like I've never been on fire before. Now, when you were saved, baptized, excuse me, I'm going to start over here. The first step in receiving the mysteries and the riches of Christ was that when Christ was raised from the dead, his body was restored, he was recognizable. The only marks of the crucifixion was the nail holes in his hands and his feet. Why were they left there? As proof that he had been on the cross. Okay? Now, when you were saved, baptized, you not only had your sins washed away and atoned for, you were filled with the Holy Spirit and given the mind of Christ. <laughs> and at that point, you were what? Crucified with Christ. Now, in the spirit realm, I'm going to suggest this. As full sons and daughters, your testimony of I have been crucified with Christ is you've got the same nail holes in your hands and feet in the spirit realm. Now, think about what that did, those holes did, when Thomas walked up to Jesus. Doubt, remember doubting Thomas, if I said it right? Remember what he said? I will not believe unless I see. So Jesus said, stick your finger in, stick your fist in. And then Don, uh, Thomas came to the conclusion, he said, what? My Lord, my Lord and my God. God. Okay, see... What I'm suggesting to us is that, see, when you make the determination that I am going to be not just conformed into the image of Christ, but I'm going to have the wounds on my body so that when I give my testimony, when they can see my life, is because they will know that I have been crucified with Christ. And I'm going to look foolish and I'm going to look stupid to the world, but it is the foolishness of God that does what? Georgia, say it out loud. Okay? So in other words, do you want all your family saved? Yeah. Figuring out how to become more foolish. You want Joplin changed? Let's become a more foolisher group with the power and marks of God in your life. Now, <laughs> if you walk in the light as he is in the light, whenever you are out of the spotlight then you want back in quick. Okay? Now, see, if you walk in light as he is in light, have you ever catch yourself kind of weaving in and out? Yeah, we all do. But I tell you what, when you recognize his presence, you recognize his eyesight, you recognize how he is covering you, well, all of a sudden, when you're outside that, you want back in it. If you have determined to be conformed in the image of Christ, you want to stay in that light. Amen. <laughs> You'll be the first to repent. You'll be the first to forgive. And you'll be the first to have the greatest peace. What can the world throw at us? This is just but a light affliction. This is just... Man, I can, go, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Now, your story, your physical story, when someone looks at you, or maybe even go at it this way, do you remember a strong 
member of a family or in a, or in a neighborhood who were really strong Christians, and there was something about them you always admired. Can you had those people? Boom! I'm willing to suggest they were walking it as proof. So therefore. Do you have a story about your life when you obeyed Christ's voice, walked in the light, and changed lives of others? Do you have that story? I bet you like 99.9% of us do here. But now, reach out now and let's double. Elisha and Elijah. Remember how Elisha and Elijah (coughs) passed in the mantle? Elisha said, you may have had 10, but I want 20. Let's double. Let's go from where we're at, and let's go up to the higher level possible. Now, if you will stay in the light, if you'll say, Lord, the wounds that I have received by being crucified with you will not only bring us to a higher level in authority, then I promise you that when you die, it'll be fun. Because, see... Can you imagine going from the light that you have spent your life walking on now to the light eternal? There's nothing to worry about. There's no fear. There's joy. See, that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The old Sid Davis passed away so that the new Sid Davis can be renewed every day and become stronger and stronger in Christ Jesus. As always, thank you for allowing me to come and speak to a group because I promise you, you guys don't need to be, you know, told the basics, but we do need to be challenged to rise to a higher and higher plane. Amen.